right, everyone. Welcome to Brandon at Random Reviews. I am your host, Brandon Griffiths. Thank you for stopping by. I do appreciate it. Today on the show, hold on just a minute. I didn't want to forget. I got this hat. It came today. It's so fucking awesome. I mean, it's it's a it's a new era, large, extra large, 3930. It is one of the few hats that fit my fairly large dome. And it says Brandon at random reviews on it. I was going to get the logo that I made, but like I couldn't do that because honestly, it's like they couldn't they couldn't stitch it. Basically, they said that it was it had too much detail to be stitched. And there's a lot of stuff in the logo that makes that very true. Anyway, today we're covering Mean Girls, released on April 30th, 2004, based on the book Queen Bees and Wannabes by Rosalind Wiseman, directed by Mark Waters. He had a bunch of shitty movies on his resume, including a gender-swapped remake of She's All That? Really? Okay, so writer Tina Fey, fucking great writer. She was a writer on SNL. She actually became the head writer, if I'm not mistaken. And she also starred in and I believe created and wrote the show 30 Rock, which I'm a huge fan of. And this movie was produced by Lauren Michaels, who is the producer of Saturday Night Live. And he basically has produced every Saturday Night Live related movie that was like based off a skit or a sketch from the show. So for the score, we have composer Rolf Kent. I talked about him a little bit on the Up in the Air episode, and and there's not, like, a ton on his resume, so I'm not going to rehash that again. It's not too exciting. So for the cast, I want to add a little disclaimer because I'm going to be saying a thing that I say fairly regularly a lot more than usual, like an inordinate amount of times during this recording. And that thing is who I have noted here is hot. And the problem is I'm going to say it so much. I'm afraid it's just going to get annoying and you're just going to like, your eyes are going to gloss over or your ears are going to whatever the equivalent of ear glossing over would be. I, I'm going to play this sound effect Feeling hot, hot, hot. every time I mean to say who I have noted here is hot. And that way you'll know I find them hot. And I want to also clarify that I found them attractive when I was in, you know, younger in 2004. I found them attractive in this movie at that time. And I find them attractive now after all of my aging and their aging and all of that stuff. I've still found them attractive. And I guess I, I just I want to make sure that I, you don't think I'm like really going fucking nuts over like girls that are made out at least at at the very least made out to look younger and all this stuff. I'm not, I'm not that guy, but, uh, so first off we have Lindsay Lohan. She plays Katie Heron. She was in the remake of the parent trap from the 1990s. And the original was one I'm a lot more familiar with. I've, I've only seen the Lindsay Lohan one once, but the original, my sister was a big fan of. And, I saw it quite a bit when I was growing up, and I like that one a lot. It's got, I think it's Haley Mills in it, but I'm not positive. I didn't look it up. Is it Haley? God, I want it to be Haley Mills so fucking bad now. Okay, and then she was also in Freaky Friday with Jamie Lee Curtis, and that's like a body swap movie where a mother and daughter 
swap bodies and live in each other's shoes for an extended period of time. Then we have Rachel McAdams, who plays Regina George, and she was in The Notebook, which was her breakout role, and it was also the breakout role of Ryan Gosling in that movie, and they they really, I mean, they proved to be as good as we hoped they could be from that movie. And that movie is pretty fucking overrated, honestly. She was also in a movie called Southpaw that I've been meaning to watch, and I actually own it on Amazon Video, but I have never gotten around to seeing it. It's got Jake Gyllenhaal. I think he's like a boxer or something. I really like Jake Gyllenhaal. I really like Rachel McAdams. I hope it's good, but I just haven't gotten a chance to watch it yet. Then we have Lacey Chabert. She plays Gretchen Wieners, and she voiced Eliza Thornberry on the Nickelodeon show The Wild Thornberries that I actually liked quite a bit when I was a kid. She was also the original Meg on Family Guy for, like, I think the very short first season, and then they replaced her with Mila Kunis. Then we have Amanda Seyfried, who plays Karen Smith, and she was in Mamma Mia, and I never saw that one, but I remember seeing her in the marketing materials, like the posters and stuff for that, and I remember thinking, like, who is this just gorgeous girl? Like, who the fuck is this? It, it was just, it was fun. Like, it was just odd to me, because it's like, I had no idea what Mamma Mia was, didn't know anything about it. And then it's like, I see her and I'm like, God damn, I almost want to fucking watch this movie because of Amanda Seyfried. Then last but not least, we have Lizzie Kaplan. She plays Janice Ian and she was in the show Party Down, which is kind of like a cult favorite. It's a pretty solid comedy. It has Adam Scott in it. And it's a good one to like binge watch. There's not very much of it. And they actually did like a revival of it within the last year or something, like sometime in 2022 or 23. Casting notes. Lindsay Lohan originally auditioned for the role of Regina. Blake Lively was originally favored by the casting director to play Karen. Evan Rachel Wood turned down an undisclosed role in this film. Would love to know what it was. Mary Elizabeth Winstead was asked to audition for Gretchen, but her mother did not like the script. James Franco was originally considered to play Aaron. Scarlett Johansson and Ashley Tisdale originally tested for the role of Karen Smith, which ultimately went to Amanda Seyfried, as I mentioned. So for the plot synopsis, a teenager who has been homeschooled for her entire life attends public school for the first time, where she discovers different social cliques and the animosity between them. For the taglines, we have fucking eight taglines for this movie. Let's fucking whittle it down, marketing, all right? Cool it. So these are the eight taglines. Welcome to the girl world. Not great. Survival of the ruthless. Don't like it. Not even a little bit. Mean, meaner, meanest. Okay. So fetch. It's okay. I mean, you have to have seen the movie to know what the fuck that means. Otherwise, you're going to look at it and be like, what, what is this? What, what, are the, what do they mean by this? Watch your back. They're coming. This summer, be part of the in crowd. 
and only the strong survive. All right, guys, let's just dive right into the plot of this fucking movie. So homeschooling is one of the cruelest fucking things you can do to youths. I mean, why would you force a child to like not have that aspect of social development? I get public schools are not always the best and maybe it's it's the right option affordability wise. I don't know. So there's a there's a moment right at the beginning of this movie where Katie is explaining the perceptions of homeschooled kids and she, she these this like group of boys one of them says like they just kind of cut to this and like this group of boys they're supposed to be like super religious it says and on the third day god created the remington bull action assault rifle so man could hunt the dinosaurs and the homosexuals i find that fucking hilarious okay so our protagonist katie explains that her parents are zoologists who finally settled back in the states after spending all of katie's childhood in africa so we get Two mistakings of African Americans for people that are actually born and are from Africa in the first like two minutes of Katie being at school. What one girl in class gets mistaken because they say there's an African or there's there's somebody that came from Africa that's in the class and it's Katie, and the only black girl in class is like assumed to be that girl, which that's like a good bit. But then like in the cafeteria, Katie walks by and like greets a group of African Americans in so, you know in some African language, and they all look at her like she's fucking nuts. And it's like, why are why are we doing the same joke like multiple times in a row? There's a sex ed lecture by the gym teacher in the beginning as well, and he's basically talking about how bad sex is and all the bad things that'll happen to you if you do it. And then at the end, he's like. Here, now take some rubbers. And he, like, pulls out a big box of fucking condoms, and it's, like, fucking great. So, these two misfit friends, Janice and Damien, take Katie under their wing and kind of explain to her, like, who the different people are in the school, especially these popular girls who are called the Plastics. We see some of the other cliques in the cafeteria and stuff, but we don't really get too involved with them. Regina, the head plastic, intervenes when she sees a guy, like, essentially, like, harassing and, like, hitting on Katie. She, like, stops him and makes him feel like an asshole and, like, fucking just shuts him down. And so Katie sits down with them and they, like, want her to sit with them for the rest of the week. and. They explain how all they, how they have all of these rules that, like, they can only wear certain things at certain times and things like that. It's it's pretty ridiculous, but I love it. And it's like the whole, on Wednesdays we wear pink. It's from this movie, it is, I, I hear that shit all the fucking time. Like, anywhere I'm at, like, people reference that line. So Plastic second-in-command Gretchen gives this great line of, that is so fetch. And Regina, like, rolls her eyes and is like, what the hell is that? What does fetch mean? Basically, like, Gretchen, like, thinks it's going to be the next big thing that people will say. So the dumb plastic Karen asks, why, if Katie is from Africa, why is she white? And they're like, oh my god, you cannot ask somebody why they're white. Janice and Damien decide they want Katie to sit with them and tell her what happens. Janice and Damien decide that they actually want Katie to continue sitting with the plastics because they want 
all the juicy details about like what they do and say. The Plastics have all of these rules about what they wear and when and how many times a week they can wear certain things. Katie reveals that she likes this guy Aaron in one of her classes to Karen and Gretchen and they tell her that it's actually Regina's ex and that it's like totally off limits and it's not okay. <laughs> we get the line, get in loser, we're going shopping. And Katie and the Plastics go to the mall and Regina shows how ruthless she can be when a guy Gretchen was seeing is with another girl at the mall and they see him and she like, it's, I don't want to get into too many details because I've already got way too fucking many notes for this one, but like she basically just like sets wheels in motion to fucking ruin this guy's life. So I love, after the mall, they go to Regina's house and her mom is like the cool mom played by Amy Poehler. And she says things like, what's what's the 411? What's the hot gossip? And it's it fucking cracks me up. I love it. So they show Katie this burn book in Regina's room where they write all of these god-awful fucking things about people, like, just mean shit, and it's, like, actual burns, like, oh, sick burn, bro, that kind of burn. So Katie goes to where Janice works in the mall and tells Janice and Damien about the burn book, and they see their teacher, Miss Norbury, and Katie agrees to join the mathletes. Katie's actually really smart with, especially with math, like, she really enjoys it, and she's very quick on her feet when it comes to math. So Regina calls Katie and reveals she knows about her Aaron crush and asks if she's mad at Gretchen for telling and basically forces her to say something bad about Gretchen. And it's revealed as soon as Katie says something, Gretchen was actually on the line the whole time and was listening. So Katie wears a regular non-slutty costume to this party and everybody looks at her like she's a fucking psychopath because she's not dressed all slutty. Regina goes to talk to Aaron at the party. When she was on the phone, she you could tell that she was like pissed that Katie had a thing for her, her ex. and But she still presented it as like, oh, no, that's totally fine. If you want me to talk to him, I can, all that stuff. And so she goes and talks to him. And then Aaron kind of lets on that he might have a little bit of a thing for Katie as well. And Regina gets so pissed about this that she makes up a bunch of creepy stalker shit to say about Katie to weird Aaron out. But then Regina fucking kisses him. Like, she just kind of goes for it. And eventually he pushes her away. But it like it's like, dude, if you're going to push somebody away from kissing you, you got to fucking act quicker than that. Because, like, you know that that's not okay. You know, I mean, let's get real. In the aftermath of the party... Katie, Janice, and Damien decide to hatch a scheme to ruin Regina's life and the plastics kind of as well as a whole. God, Rachel McAdams is fucking perfect in this movie. Like, I can't believe it. Like, they said, I read somewhere that she was cast in this role because it. they said it took a nice girl to play a mean girl. And it's, it's so, it, she is fucking great. And I'm sure Rachel McAdams is wonderful in real life and all that stuff, but she really fucking sells this. We see the trio's plan come together, taking advantage of Katie's inside knowledge about Regina's desire to lose weight and concerns with her skin care. And Regina is most definitely a great representation of assholes. She does this thing where she compliments people to their face about something and then immediately talks shit about the thing she complimented them for to someone else after they're out of earshot. And also, she gets back with Aaron seemingly just to spite K 
Katie, like just to piss Katie off. The trio initiates a plan to make Gretchen think that Regina is mad at her, and Gretchen really freaks out about it, and so she reads way into these things that Regina is saying and doing that don't really mean as much as she thinks. So there's this winter talent show, and after the four girls perform, they like do a dance number to Jingle Bell Rock, and Afterwards, there's some awkward tension where it's pretty clear that Katie still likes Aaron and Aaron still kind of likes Katie. So Katie gives Regina these protein bars and says they help with weight loss, but they're really for weight gain. Like her mom would give them to African kids to like beef them up. The trio also has a botched attempt at making Aaron see that Regina is cheating on him and he basically just walks in on a coach and some other some like student in the wherever he's supposed to walk in on Regina at. So Katie, despite being good at math, pretends she sucks at it to kind of like feed into the plastic way of life. And even though Aaron isn't very good at math, she still like gets him to tutor her. Basically, like he they kiss when they're alone tutoring, you know, he's doing the tutoring, and Aaron shuts it down, and Katie like immediately tells him that Regina has been cheating on him. So he breaks things off with Regina. And (laughs) there's this line. It's so perfectly delivered. Regina is legitimately like trying to put on this show of like how upset she is. And she's like, I gave him everything. I was half a virgin when I met him. What a fucking great line, honestly. So they announced the nominees for Spring Fling Queen, which is basically like their prom or formal or whatever. And Katie's legitimately excited to find out that she hears her own name in the nominees. There are so many great fucking bits in this movie. I hear them all the fucking time. I can't get enough of them. It's it's so fucking great. So one of the most underrated bits is when Regina can't fit into any dresses because, like, she's at the store trying on dresses for this spring fling thing. She's put on so much weight from these protein bars that Katie gave her that it's like she, she like, asks... She she's trying to fit into a five and the saleswoman says that they don't have anything higher than a five and that she can try Sears. And she has this look on her. Regina just like, is like, no, like that's like the end of the world for her. So Katie is complaining about how she failed a math quiz. And basically she starts talking shit about Miss Norbury, who she seems to like just fine and doesn't have anything against but she's like trying to keep up this image. They convince her to put what she's saying about Miss Norbury in the burn book. And Regina has gained so much weight that she only fits into sweatpants and she wears them too many times in a week and she violates the group's wardrobe rules. And Gretchen says, you can't sit with us. It's like fucking wonderful. Like, I mean, it's just another line I hear all the time, but it's like basically like, Gretchen is more pissed at Regina because she doesn't think that the rules apply to her, but she is like, you know, she brings the hammer down on anybody else. So it's like, what the fuck? So Katie bails on plans with her parents and has a party and doesn't invite Regina deliberately just to piss her off. And unfortunately, Katie also blows off Janice's thing to have the party. So Janice gets pissed when she finds out. Regina's new boyfriend notifies her about the protein bars and what they're doing. And Regina puts it together that Katie 
concocted this whole plan. Regina decides to write a bunch of mean shit about herself in the burn book and then turns it into the principal as like a sob story playing victim and all that. Then Regina, after she leaves, like basically the three other, like including Katie, the three other plastics get called into the office because... Regina just kind of threw them all under the bus. Regina goes out and she posts a bunch of cop like photocopies of pages from the burn book and puts them everywhere, posts them on the walls, posts them on the lockers, throws them all over the floor. And many of the characters, including Miss Norbury, Janice, and Damien, see the things that were written about them and all hell breaks loose in the halls. The principal calls an emergency assembly for all the girls and calls on Miss Norbury to lead the discussion. So there's this thing. Miss Norbury puts Katie on the spot about coming clean for what she might have said, but Katie won't admit to anything. Katie's internal monologue suggests that if she just admits what she says about Miss Norbury, she's going to end up getting blamed for the entire burn book. Which is, I'm not sure if like, The audience is supposed to write this off as poorly developed teenage critical thinking, but she could totally have just said that she she told it to somebody and that wouldn't definitively imply that she was the sole creator of the burn book, but rather just that what she said wound up in the burn book or even that I don't I I just I think that there there are other options but like I I get it like it's it's she's got to have like this big sacrifice she's got to realize that it this these kinds of things are not okay to do so Miss Norbury is hurt that Katie won't confess to what she said about her and she makes the class come clean one by one and they all do trust falls into the crowd one one girl that I think you see her in the beginning of the movie but she says I'm sorry I called you a gap-toothed bitch. It's not your fault you're so gap-toothed. So this girl starts confessing, and Damien, who is hiding in the crowd, yells out, she doesn't even go here. And basically, this girl is just, like, super emotional and has a lot of feelings, she says, and, like, Miss Norbury has to, like, tell her to leave. So Janice tells all about putting Katie up to ruining Regina's life because Regina spread this rumor about Janice being a lesbian, and... It really, like, kind of fucked things up for Janice. So Regina and Katie argue outside after the assembly, and Regina isn't paying attention to what she's doing and gets hit by a bus, literally. So Katie is cast out at school and decides to take the blame for the burn book after seeing how the school is investigating the drug dealing allegations tied to Miss Norbury. So this movie has a couple of moments in the final stretch where I think it's over, and then I remember that there's other shit that happens. Though for some reason, Miss Norbury seems upset about being accused of dealing drugs and gives Katie a bunch of shit for almost destroying her entire life, pretty much, for no reason, based on a total lie. I swear to God, some people can be so fucking touchy. It's like, Miss Norbury forces Katie to actually participate in mathletes. And by the way, Anna Gasteyer and Neil Flynn play Katie's parents, and it's like, They didn't even try to make them look remotely like they were her parents. Then, despite being grounded, Katie goes to the spring fling and wins queen, and some guy we don't give a shit about 
wins king. Katie is still getting the third degree from everyone and she makes an impromptu speech where she says nice things about a bunch of people. So she breaks the tiara into pieces. So there's a little running through of what everyone wound up doing after the plastics disbanded. I'm not a doctor or a physical therapist, but like Regina was in one of those fucking metal halo things. And it says that she was advised to channel her rage into sports. And so you see her like really like body checking people on the lacrosse field. And it's like, I always kind of thought that people who were injured that bad that they needed a metal halo on their head were like supposed to kind of take it easy for ever, forever. Like no, no stopping taking it easy for them. Basically the plastic split up and the members found other clicks and everyone just found new happinesses. And it's, it's kind of a nice little ending. Basically Katie just learned like the kinds of things that they were doing, why they're bad and all that stuff. So then we roll credits and praise for this movie. There are so many great bits and quotable lines throughout this movie. It's hard to believe it's all from the same film. Like I can't, every time it's like, I'll see a meme, I'll hear somebody talk about it. And it's like, holy shit. That's from fucking Mean Girls. The cast is full of what I can would consider to be like believable high schoolers, even though some of the actors and actresses are actually older. It's like it's not bad like in a lot of high school movies where you're like, I can't believe that they actually thought this person could pass for a high schooler. Overall, just the writing, all all of those different things that they, you know, they came up with. I mean, it's it's a pretty solid plot. Criticism for this movie, I guess I would just say that there there are some gags that don't quite land for me, but nothing like to really take away. There are just there are some things that are just like they make this joke and it's like it's too stupid to actually have left in the movie. So on to trivia, Tim Meadows broke his hand before shooting and had to wear a cast. So the explanation that his character, Mr. Duval, had carpal tunnel was added. Tina Fey and Amy Poehler coached Rajiv Surendra on how to rap for his on-screen performance in the school's winter talent show. And there's, I forgot to mention, but there is like a moment where this character that raps at the talent show, he is the one that recruits Katie to the mathletes and he hands her a business card and I'll just let you read what it says on the business card because it is fucking hysterical to me. The slang term fetch was invented by Tina Fey. She didn't want to use an expression teenagers actually use because she didn't want it to become outdated later. This movie is based upon the book Queen Bees and Wannabes, colon, Helping Your Daughter Survive Clicks, Gossip, Boyfriends, and Other Realities of Adolescence by Rosalind Wiseman. Even though it is a non-fictional parental self-help guide with no narrative at all, this movie is still technically based on it and they like bought the rights to the book. Lindsay Lohan and Rachel McAdams played characters who attended the same school and are in the same grade, despite an eight-year age difference between the two actresses, with Lindsay Lohan being younger than Rachel McAdams. Rachel McAdams was actually 25 when she shot this movie. Okay, so I wanted to add a little segment here toward the end because I thought it'd be kind of fun. I want to call it Further Viewing. That's a working title, but we're going to go with it for right now. Basically, these are just the movies that I feel I would recommend. If if you like really liked Mean Girls, I would recommend one or two other movies, you know, and that's going to be the premise of this segment. So Clueless is a 90s comedy has a lot of the same kind of humor and and ridiculous stuff in it and it's it was an instant classic i mean it's fucking great 
a lot of quotable lines and memorable moments. And then the other one that not as many people, I think, are aware of, Easy A with Emma Stone. It's pretty fucking great, and it's about rumors at a high school and social status and things like that. So it's in the same vein as well. It's, and both of those movies are solid. If you like Mean Girls, there's a really good chance that you'll like those ones. All right, on to info and ratings. We have a runtime of 97 minutes. This movie is rated PG-13 by the Motion Picture Association of America. This movie nearly earned an R rating for explicit, risque gags and jokes, which were subsequently cut to get a tamer rating. Budget, $17 million. Opening weekend, $24.4 million. Worldwide gross, $130.1 million. IMDb rating, 7.1. Rotten Tomato Critics Score, 84%. Rotten Tomato Audience Score, 66%. I honestly would have thought that those two would have been swapped. Like, I would have thought the 84% would have been for the audience and the 66% would have been for the critics, but I digress. Personal rating, 4.5 out of 5 stars. I really love this movie. I mean, there's there are just like aspects of it that it's just, they're kind of a little too ridiculous and things like that, but that's not, I'm not saying that it's like, it's I'm giving it 4.5 stars. And I'm like justifying it. Like I, I've given it like 1.5 stars. Anywho, that's the show for today. Um, I hope you enjoyed my hat. I really wanted a way to be able to tell people who were already watching my podcast that my podcast was a thing and it existed. So I think I've accomplished that today. As always, if you liked this video, like, subscribe. Do whatever you got to do to be able to continue getting updates from me and you'll be able to see new episodes every week. Have a good rest of your day. Bye now. Brandon at Random Reviews artwork, theme music, and podcast are written, performed, recorded, engineered, directed, and produced by Brandon Griffiths in association with Brandon at Random Reviews Entertainment. 